You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is up, Packers fans? Welcome to another victory edition of For Cheddar or Worst, Acme Packing Company's podcast covering the good and bad surrounding the Green Bay Packers. I am your co-host, Chris Burke, joined alongside our social media manager, Lindsay Hansen. Lindsay, how are you? Hey, Chris. I am doing well. It was a stressful and chaotic game last night, but ultimately it ended in a in a W. So I'm I'm uh, basking in another another win for the Packers. Yeah, so I it started out so well. You know, I thought I was at work last night, so I you know they got up fourteen to three early. I'm like, hey, they're rolling. This is going to be great. You know, went into the half. They were going to get the ball. I thought, you know, they're going to roll. Um, well, things change. Uh, obviously, the game got much more stressful. You can never count out uh, one Thomas Brady, um, no matter how much the deficit. <clears throat> 28-3 to Atlanta Falcons, excuse me. Um, <laughs> or Aaron Rodgers, for that matter, but yes. Fair play. So, obviously, so since this was a win, we're going to start out uh, – Start out with some good news, but um, before we get into that, boy, was yesterday a wild week in the NFL. Really? Um, oh boy, I mean, I don't even know where to really start. The Packers won, obviously, but Jacksonville over the Chargers. I, uh, you know, I've called, I've been on record on some of our podcasts calling the Jaguars a poverty franchise, and until they, depending, obviously, it's way too early to change that. But I, you know, Doug Peterson might be doing something. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looks looks good over there. Yeah, that uh, that was a that was a wild one. Um, like you said, week three was pretty pretty nuts. There were some outcomes that I don't think anyone expected. Yeah, and then you know the Raiders losing to the Titans. Tennessee gets back on track, but you know I can't. I do feel bad for Devontae Adams. I really I really do. He got to play with his college bud, um, but they Oakland is struggling something fierce under Josh McDaniels. Yeah. They're all in three. Um, you know, Devontae Adams went on record saying, I'm going from a Hall of Famer to another Hall of Famer. Eh, you might want to hold the bus there, bud. Uh, Derek Carr has not looked uh, the greatest. I mean, Rodgers hasn't exactly had his stellar game yet either, but uh, boy, Derek Carr is looking shaky there as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think those those two are incomparable, if you ask me, right? Um, I know what Adams was saying. It's It's his buddy and he see I mean it's not like Derek Carr is not talented he he is and he has um you know he has potential I think anyone who thinks that Derek Carr is better than Rodgers is a little um maybe doesn't understand football <laughs> um but I do feel for Adams too I uh it's got to be hard for him to go from a you know, a, a playoff 13 and three um, team to an 0 and three to start the season. Granted, there's a lot of, a lot of games left and a lot of season left. So 
Um, definitely not counting them out as, you know, yet, but I do feel for them. And I, I don't, I, I don't want him to, uh, you know, to lose. He's a good guy and I'm a fan of him as a player. So I hope they can turn things around a little bit. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. I, I do wish nothing but the best for him. Tay was a great player, obviously, even better guy um, here in yeah. Green Bay. And that's saying something with how good he, good of a player he was. Yeah. One of the <laughs> top receivers. But finally, the nightcap last night. Oh, boy. Uh, that was an ugly game. Denver beating San Francisco 11-10. to 10, But the highlight, and I say that with a question mark behind it, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo pulling a Dan Orlovsky, uh, doing a rollout-ish type thing in the back of the out-of-bounds in the end zone. Um Probably that's going to be one for the NFL follies because not only did he roll out of bounds, which was a safety, but on that throw, he threw a pick six. So I, I tweeted at Peter Bukowski yesterday. I said, this has got to go down as the lowest rated play quarterback play in NFL history. Right. I just, the, th- the decision, yeah. I mean, the mistake to the mental mistake to roll out that way first off, and then the decision with the throw and then the end result. I just, right. Oh boy. Um, I just, <laughs> that's, Messy. that's one of those highlight reels. And, obviously Green Bay benefits by seeing San Francisco lose and Denver's obviously not looking so hot either with uh, old friend Nathaniel Hackett leading the charge there, but um, enough about, enough about the NFL. Uh, let's, they also let's have a some... new QB that they're getting used to too. So it's, it's kind of a growing, a, a growing season for the Broncos a little bit. Yeah. But I, you know, we, we were talking, they say let Russ cook. What about let Russ be cooked? I, he, Russell Wilson was bad you know, the later, later part of last year, and he's still not looking great right now. Maybe right. they'll get it turned around, but yeah. Um, Russ, yeah. Russ might be cooked. The kid Russ is cooking, isn't cooking so well and the kitchen's on fire. I think that's where they, they might be, but so basically season, me trying to cook is what it is. What that's uh, no, like. no, 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 <laughs> that's me. My, my follies with small kitchen appliances, microwaves, air fryers, whatever are well-documented on Twitter. Um, Let's just say I'm handy with a fire extinguisher at this point. Uh, but anyway, enough about enough about the NFL. Uh, rest of the NFL. Let's talk some Packers ball. Uh, Lindsay, it was a pretty pretty uh, impressive win, albeit ugly for the Packers. You know, I've got a lot of good things to talk about. A lot of good things, yes, and of course the um, the the main highlight I think for every Packer fan was. Bakhtiari returned. It was so good to have him back. Oh my God. I, I was truly wondering if this day would ever come. I feel like it happened under the radar too. They were a little, little secretive about it. And then all of a sudden, you know, they made the announcement, which, um, which was huge. It um, was so, so great to see him uh, they did, you know, the the rotation uh, with him and Neiman. Neiman is that how you say it? Sorry, I'm I believe it. I believe it's Neiman, but Aaron Rodgers Nyman. also pronounced it. I, he, Aaron Rodgers pronounced it another way. So who knows at this point? But I want to say I we've been going. We've been going with Neiman. Okay, there we go. All right. Um, so uh, so yeah, they they were rotated, um, and Bakhtiari ended up playing 35 snaps while uh, Nyman played 27. And um, so, you know, Bakhtiari saw more than his one game in 2021 yesterday. So that was awesome to see. Um, You know, Rodgers only took one sack 
and a few hits, which in his words during the post game press conference is a kind of dream type of day for a QB in the NFL, especially going up against a defense on the road like the Bucks. So, um, so that was great to see. I know that that makes a difference for Rogers uh, just mentally as well, knowing that 69 is, is out there. What are your thoughts? How, how did you feel? Were you just as excited? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, everybody saw, I wrote up on APC, you know, earlier in the week that the frustration with the Bakhtiari situation had hit a boiling point, not really taking a stance, just kind of telling everybody to kind of cool their jets a little bit. You know, the doom prognosticators were being way off base, but at the same time, you know, you got to understand that the, you know, a lot of people were saying they don't understand that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur were telegraphing messages to Bakhtiari after Alan Jenkins returned in week two. Um, just, you know, kind of telling everybody, you know, the Packers have a right to be frustrated with the money they have invested in them. But at the same time, David Bakhtiari has, has to earn our respect and understand that there is a major uh, hurdle to get over, especially after that many surgeries um, on his knee. So, so that's, that's, that's where I wrote where the frustration was coming off. I'm just kind of telling everybody kind of cool their jets. You know, there was no indication that Bakhtiari was going to retire, that he needed to retire. Um, when they saw, you know, when the news broke Saturday that he was going to be back, I was excited and I thought, oh man, you know, that was, that was a huge, huge thing for them against that Tampa defensive line. Uh, Absolutely. you know, him and Jenkins now, I just, it's, uh, that was, that was such a welcome shot in the arm against that defensive line. And oh, Aaron, uh, Matt LaFleur said against the bears that they don't win that game without Elton Jenkins. I will even go so far as to say they don't win this week, even on a pitch count, uh, without David Bakhtiari. Um, and that's also not to take anything away from Nyman, uh, who is, I think has earned his, I, he may have earned his way as the right tackle now, which gives Elton Jenkins the option to play at one of the guard spots. So, I mean, yeah. you talk about the best five, that's going to be a really, you know, with Bakhtiari being back sooner than I honestly thought. And I was slightly pessimistic about it, at least for the early part of the year, but that gives them some more options. So I'm, uh, I'm very excited to see what, what this means for the offensive line. Uh, especially since how strong he looked um, yesterday, you know, I'm techniques, still some things to clean up a little bit. Um, you know, he's got his kick. He's, you know, you can see what, what, if you watch some of the film of him playing, he, you can tell he's still not completely certain of planting his, that, that knee into the ground, which more than understandable after that many surgeries, I was scared to walk after I tore a small minor ligament in my foot for crying out loud a few years ago. And I didn't even need surgery. Yeah. <laughs> so it, um, I, I completely understand that. And it's, it's going to come back in time, but uh, yeah. Baki Bach is Becky back. Yes. Makes me so happy. Next on the list of course is none other than Romeo Dobbs. Man, oh man, he is a star in the making. I have such a great feeling about Dobbs as a player. I really think that he's going to become, uh, I mean, dare I say, even wide receiver one um, ahead of Lazard even. I have a great feeling about Dobbs. He is the first non-Devante Adams <laughs> receiver to record eight receptions in a single game for the Packers since 2018. And, but what's really cool is that Dobbs is, there's only two players in NFL history 
um, Steve Largent and Marque Colston, who have recorded as many receptions, yards, and touchdowns as Dobbs in their first three games after being drafted in the fourth round or later. I, I think that is so, I mean, that's such a huge, that's a, such a huge stat. And um, I just, it was fun as hell watching him play yesterday. He really came out of a shell and, and shined. He got his first touchdown of the, of his NFL career. Um, he is quick. He can, oh, he is just, he is fun to watch. What do you think? What are your thoughts on Dobbs? Yeah, we kind of saw that coming, right? So Lazard, Watkins, Cobb, and Watson all missed time um, throughout the week. So the top four receivers missed some practice time, injuries, Cobb had an illness. Uh, Watkins is obviously on IR now. Uh, Watson didn't go yesterday. Uh, And then uh, Lazard and Cobb obviously did. So we kind of figured this was going to be the Romeo Dobbs game. So if we're thinking that, the Buccaneers knew that, and they really – Still couldn't do much to contain him. So yeah. the hype, the hype train is off and running. We knew there was going to be a Romeo Dobbs game coming. Yeah. And uh, he's going to see a lot more of the Sammy Watkins type plays, you know, and I think you're going to see, you know, Dobbs stretch the field a little bit more. And I, I Watkins may not get his job back. I mean, he'll, he'll still see snaps. I just don't know if he's going to be the primary threat, you know, as Aaron Rodgers gets more comfortable with Romeo Dobbs, at least he darn well better. Um, the kid can play. And I hope number 12 knows that. Um but I think, yeah, I think he's, he's off and running. The hype train is, is, is a go. I'm excited. I am too. Yeah. He's uh, he's definitely on, on the list to watch and uh, definitely a steal for the Packers. I think he's going to end up being just a, a massive success for us. So really excited to, uh, to continue to watch him shine. Next on the list is the defense. What a tremendous job by the defense. I am continually blown away by these guys. I mean, they just keep just making phenomenal stops and plays and, you know, three and outs and turnovers. And it it was just, it was phenomenal fumbles. You know, everything was trending in the right direction with the defense it was so much fun to watch it was very much a defense heavy game especially in the second half of of yesterday's game uh Campbell you know I love Campbell very very much he made a lot of noteworthy plays but especially that last defensive play um where he was able to tip the ball just enough to divert it and stop the the two-point conversion Quay Walker again. I'm going to mention him. I feel like he's going to be mentioned on this podcast every week. I um, he's a beast. Him and Amos with that forced fumble um, in the I believe his third quarter. Savage uh, recovered that one. It was it was fantastic to watch. And I, I if we if our defense keeps this up, we're in for a great season. Yeah, so I, I tweeted out after, you know, during week one that I think the defensive hype train officially had gone, not only stopped, but gone off the rails. Maybe that was a little, I mean, week one, we all overreact, right? Right, or am I an idiot? Well, anyway, <laughs> you know, it, uh, you, know, I, you know, not to be a huge wet blanket here, but Tom Brady was, you know, it's still Tom Brady there. He's 
and Leonard Fournette, both very good players. Uh, they were missing Mike Evans suspended for being an idiot, um, being a bonehead. I don't care what people think about that. Uh, the suspension was right. Uh, he's got a history. He needed a sit. Uh, also, that was Chris Godwin. Um, so San, uh, San Francisco, oh my God, Tampa Bay um, was on, has, was down was down their regular receivers, but you know that you still have you still have Sir Tom Brady sticking under center there, so. You know, he can still make magic happen. He made magic happen in New England won Super Bowls with lesser talent than he has around him now, even exactly. with the players that were out. So, you know, the defense did a heck of a job. Uh, shout out to Joe Barry and his crew. I Phenomenal. I, you know, I thought I'm like, there was, I forgot. I, I've been trying to find it while during the segment. And I cannot find who tweeted it, but about the last time Tom Brady was held out to a single under into single digits. Uh, I can't find the year, but it's, it's, it's been a while and they almost made it except for that last drive, which, you know, you can only keep, you can only keep Tom Brady down for so long um, before that last score. So I, I can't really put that on the defense at the end. It's hot. It's humid. They're gassed. Um, and Devondre Campbell was souped up to make that play. Does that, uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you used that last week. Come on. Kurt. I know. I, I, I know. I, I still think we need a laugh track on here or at least a rim shot sound effect. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, the, the pun works. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Anywho, um, he that, that last stop at the end, um, you know, getting them to get, I thought when Green Bay, if Green Bay could get out of this game at two and one, they were, they could be off and running. Um, even as ugly at times as that win was yesterday, I think they're in good shape now. And that was defense was a big why. And, Devondre Campbell with that one play to me earned that new contract simply said, because it was one and two at this point in the season is a heck of a lot different than two and one. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Um, yeah. I, like I said, I just, I'm really excited to see what they do. Um, you know, the, the rest of the season, especially against the bills coming up on October, what is it? 30th. Um, that's going to be, that's going to be the test of all tests. The bills are a whole different kind of beast this season. So they're really going to be tested during that game. And I, I really believe in this defense and I think we can, I think we can, uh, defend them pretty well. Oh, for sure. And I mean, I, you you could be looking at six and one, uh, easily because you've got the Patriots with a backup. We'll talk more about them later. Um, you've got the Patriots, the Giants, who are looking kind of iffy against Dallas right now. We're recording this during Monday Night Football. And then you've got the Jets, um, who, you know, they're look might look a little better, but they're still the Jets. So I mean, six and one is very much, or five and one, six and one is very much in the place. So you got, you know, they've got a uh there, there's they they could definitely go on a little bit of a run here. Yeah. Yep, definitely. All right. The offense at the start was off and running. They were on fire. They were vibing. Um, it was classic, felt like classic Rogers a little bit. I felt like we got a little bit of that back. And then, um, well, we'll talk about it in the next section of the show, but that fizzled quickly. So... <laughs> We'll, we'll focus yeah. on the, the good parts um, <laughs> right now. So 
Yeah, it was, uh, we, we started very strong and, um, I, when we scored the second, when Lazard got the second touchdown, I was thinking for a minute, I was like, could this be a complete and utter just blowout? Could we, could we take Brady and, and leave him at, at three? Um, because the way we were playing the first half, it was, it, it was feeling that way. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, they, they mixed up a lot of things. It was more of a, I mean, this is going to sound like an indictment of Aaron Rodgers, but it's really not. It was a much more LaFleur type game call, you know, intermediate routes, quick slants, the ball's getting out quick. Um, very, you know, they were, they marched down the field. There weren't any chunk plays. They didn't have a deep threat. But, you know, they were able to just dink and dunk their way down the field. Yeah. Uh, the second half, like we said, we'll talk more about later. But I had the same thought, Lindsay. It was going to be a uh, – I thought – I don't want to say the route was on because it's – you're still looking at the other number 12 over there and you're never out of it with him. 28-3 <laughs> to 3 Atlanta Falcons. I'll repeat it again. Um, but <laughs> I, I said the same thing when watching it. I watched it with my my sister. And, uh, and I was like, if we don't get to like – if it's not, you know – 49 to three, then we're not out of it. We're not clear. We're not safe. <laughs> not with, not with Brady. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and I thought, you know, the, they got the ball back, you know, the defense got them the ball back on that turnover um, late. I'm like 41 seconds. Okay. Maybe they can do something. Okay. No big deal. They get the ball in the second half. Exactly. You know, it, it, they, I was fully expecting it to be 21 to three. And then um, so we can keep everyone hanging around to the second half of the show. Uh, things changed. Yeah, in case you missed it. <laughs> Spoiler uh, alert. Yep, there we go. Uh, perfect. So this is always fun when uh, when this next subject is on the cheddar side of the show. Special teams. What an improvement. I think we're starting to see a little bit of the magic that we were hoping for with Basakia. I really think that, um, you know, obviously plenty of mistakes, of course, there's always going to be mistakes. We're, you know, we're not going to be too nitpicky about that. At least I'm not. Um, but there were, there were so many, um, so many great plays. And I, I really think that if we continue uh you know listening to if that team continues listening to Basakia I think I think we may be in a much better spot than we were last year I mean we already are we've definitely improved we we see that and we know that there's always more work to do but I've got a I've got a cautiously good feeling yeah I I we found out today the Green Bay Packers are up to 14th in special teams DVOA. I mean, forget building the statue. Let's name a street after the guy. I know they have won a Super Bowl. I don't care. Um, Basaccia for governor at this point. Um, <laughs> I ju it just, it, the miracle, the miracle has occurred. Um, still some opportunities in the return game with one Amari Rogers. We'll talk again more about him in the second half of the show. Um, but, you know, Pat O'Donnell's been, you know, when the Packers lost, Hercas and got Pat O'Donnell, who by all accounts, judging off stats, was a did big step down. I mean, he had a 60, they were constantly flipping the line, flipping the um, flipping the field. Uh, 62 yard punts. I think there was even a 70 yard punt in there. Yeah. Um, 
it's just and the coverages have been solid. I mean, yes, absolutely. I was just expecting improvement. Now we are starting to eke slowly towards competency, um, and they are no longer knock on wood a liability. Truly, um, though, like I am so hesitant to say that, right? Because we like we've we've suffered through it for so long that I'm like. I don't want to risk jinxing uh, this. <laughs> yeah, that's so that's I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, you're after, you know, I usually say after a quarter mark of the season. So whether it's this week or next week, that damn 17th game pisses me off because you can't divide the season into even quarters anymore. Um, but I would say after the, you know, after this game, cup coming game against the Patriots, you know, as long as there's not a full pop, knock on wood. Um I think, you know, I, I think we can make that declaration to be fair, but uh, to be fair, as they say on Leonard Kenny, but uh, he, it's, yeah, they're, the arrows pointed in the right directions. I mean, they don't look nearly as comedic as they did or even a year ago. Or, yeah, they, yeah, they actually look like they know what they're doing, which is, um, which is, you know, a good thing for us. <laughs> well, and I, I made a pre, I made the declaration on Twitter and I made this declaration on the previous incarnation of this podcast last season, uh, that if the green Bay Packers score a special teams touchdown, not even a return, like they recover a fumble and score. Um, I'm going blonde. So I'm starting to sweat that now. I mean, we're three games into the year. Um, but I may be who my jet, my jet black slash dark brown hair may be, uh, bleach blonde in a little bit um we might have to do a video version of the podcast for that but uh yeah yeah definitely a uh definitely, definitely a much improved uh and you know the packers did hiring rich Passaccia was not cheap it was a you know he after he was the interim inter if he was the interim head coach with the raiders after john gruden got mercifully fired um as he should have been for those idiot remarks he made but, you know, he, I thought he, he, there was a chance he might, he was getting sniffs around as a head coach, but the Packers ended up getting him back, getting him as a special teams coordinator. And while coach salaries don't count against the salary cap, I'm sure that didn't come cheap uh, for Matt LaFleur. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that they, uh, they paid a, a pretty penny for him, but hey, if, if this keeps up the special teams performing uh, like you know like they did yesterday and um game two then I think I think it's money well spent I would agree oh, perfect so next on the list this is one I added because I really believe that he deserves a shout out Kayshawn Nixon he shines in Alexander's absence which Alexander getting hurt is obviously not part of the cheddar. It is definitely part of the, the not so good from yesterday. However, Kishan Nixon um, made great, great strides in, in Alexander's absence. He, you know, his stats were six tackles on defense, another on special teams, and then that forced fumble at the 11 minute mark of the third quarter. I think the one that really shines out or really stands out to me is the coverage that he had on what would have been a Bucks touchdown at the six and a half minute mark of the third quarter. It would have changed the game considering the outcome that we, you know, we know it to be now. Um, I, 
I really think Nixon is going to be a strong, reliable player for us. I'm really excited to, to continue to watch him. He really stepped up yesterday. Oh, I agree. And, you know, the, the Nixon jokes, you know, about the former president were flowing, at least in our Slack chat, uh, text our managing editor. Uh, I can't wait to watch the Nixon tapes, you know, and you got Rudy Ford on that, the same side, the Nixon Ford thing just I, I know Gutekunst didn't do that on purpose, but boy, the jokes that's providing you with Rudy Ford. Keyshawn Nixon was actually initially, I'm sure, signed to be a special teams player. So, then, you know, the Nixon Ford jokes, um, I'll let you make your own jokes, you know, that um, on that. But uh, yeah, I was definitely impressed. Uh, you know, replacing somebody like Jair Alexander is not easy. Yeah. There is going to you know nothing against Keyshawn, but there is definitely a, there's going to be a drop off in performance. I hope Jair's out, not, not out too long. Uh, the Packers seem optimistic about it, but he wasn't a, all right, I'm going to say it. He wasn't a Kevin King liability in coverage. And at this point, that's really all you can ask for. Um, especially when you've got somebody Definitely, like Tom yeah. Brady under center. So, I mean, he, he was fine. Um, you know, he'll, you know, long-term wise, you know, that's something they might have to look into is bringing in another corner, but uh, so if Jair's only going to be out a week, maybe he'll even be back this week, but a groin injury is, is tricky. It's, in terms of stubbornness with soft tissue injuries, that's right up there, probably just behind a hamstring. So uh, fingers crossed on that one. But the Packers initially seem optimistic that Jair was all smiles, you know, after the game. Yeah, and we just got him back. So, I mean, for so many reasons, we really hope that he um, is able to heal up really quick. But yes, special shout out to Nixon. I um I was really, really excited to see, you know, see the, the big plays that he made yesterday, the important plays. Yeah. Well, he, it, yeah. He, it, um, he just has to, he just has to be solid. He doesn't have to worry about being a world changer. Exactly. Cause you still have Eric Stokes on the other side who was only targeted. I think a few, oh, I think he was only targeted maybe a couple of times. And I think he was one, he only allowed one reception for six yards. So the Tampa Bay clearly respected after Jair went out, you know, they respected Eric Stokes still, which after the rough start he had, uh, we're glad to see off um, offensive coordinators still respecting number 21 over there. Oh, definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, everyone that covers the, the cheddar part of our show. Uh, we're going to take a really quick break and we'll be back with the bratwurst. <laughs> Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so we are back, and let's get – so obviously that was a fairly ugly win, um, all things considered, but a win is a win is a win. Win is a win um, is a win. That's right. <laughs> so there's there's definitely still some things to improve on, and the elephant in the room, the big thing is uh, the second-half offense. You know, a lot of, lot of shotgun, a lot of chuck it type stuff um, where, you know, Rodgers missed some guys. You know, the, the big thing that stood out, you know, in terms of on the box score was – Hoy, third down struggles. They started five for five where third down offense had been an issue earlier. After that, they went 0 for 8 before they converted one uh, late in the game. So uh, not sure what, you know, I, I'm going to give LaFleur and Rodgers the benefit of the doubt here. And I think they made expected Tampa Bay to make an adjustment that they either didn't or they made a different adjustment, if that makes any sense, um, in terms of what they were expecting schematically. And I think that changed things. But there's stuff with, Rogers, where he had Aaron Jones open on, I think just, I want to say it was on a mesh concept. You know, you could see in there that there was nobody around him and Rogers instead went to Tyler Davis and Jones would have had at least a t- first down. He, he, he could have had a lot more, um, but there's a, then he went to Tyler Davis, which he only got a couple out of that where I can't tell from the all 22, if Rogers even looked at Jones, cause there was kind of a defender in his way, but uh, that's, that's the stuff that, Number twelve can't miss, can't miss. He is checking down quite a bit. Um, you know, we'll we'll go into more of this detail in a different part of this negative negative part. But boy, the third down third downs were definitely a problem on uh, the second half. It was tail of two halves for the offense. I mean, it, the the offense from the first half to the second half is it was night and day. I mean, like you said three and out for eight drives before we converted like that's that's wild that's madness and clearly the Bucks defense really stepped up in the second half you know during halftime the the defensive coach of the Bucks probably uh you know just talked to his guys and uh made it clear what needed to happen and and they did really step up that's still doesn't I mean nothing was happening it was truly um and we said it at the top of the show but it was a defensive uh defensive heavy game especially in that second half I mean it was all defensive plays it was all defense that was um you know (laughs) nothing was happening on offense for either team so it was really wild and I think to have two of the well the two greatest quarterbacks of the league right now and possibly, you know, top five ever to have them and have the score be what it was, but also have the play 
the, you know, the plays be what they were, which was just minuscule and nothing happened on offense. It was just, it was something that we didn't expect. It was really surprising. Um, and if it weren't for the defense, who knows what would have happened to that game? I mean, it, it could have been a zero, zero, you know what I mean? Obviously. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, it was, it was really insane. It hard to, it was just like stressful. And I was screaming at my TV all of second half. I was like, what happened? Um, but Hey, like we said, a win is a win is a win. And we definitely need to clean, uh, plenty of things up on, on the offense and, um, we'll need to, but we got that W. So I guess that's, that's what counts. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I, I started wondering, you know, and I forgot who tweeted, I think it was Andy Herman that tweeted it, you know, it's like the game devolved into what we were expecting to be at the beginning. So maybe there is some recency bias, so to speak, after the way the offense came out firing, you know, that, Hey, the, you know, they're off and running when, you know, before the game started yesterday, I think we were all thinking everybody's going to be out there wide receivers. This is going to be a slug fest. You know, I was thinking it was going to be like a 16, six, 13, six game. And I wasn't far off, um, but initially, you know, and I kind of, you know, that it kind of, that thought kind of went out of my mind after the way the offense started yesterday. So, um, you know, I'm going to, you know, offense we knew was going to be a work in progress. You know, we would have liked to have seen a little more, um, but what is, you know, we knew, we knew that going in, but what is a bit of a concern is uh, the turnover problems continue a little bit. So we'll segue into our next part here. Uh, you know, Aaron Jones, another fumble, you know, that's, you know, I, that's one area that he's really struggling, you know, that would, that, you know, that, you know, that's the segues out actually to our next point, but, you know, if he had Aaron, then Aaron Rodgers throws an interception, you know, for a team that prided itself under Matt LaFleur of taking care of the ball, they're struggling a little bit. I mean, the defense forced some turnovers yesterday. So the turnover ratio isn't going to look as bad, but the offense, if you just look solely at the offensive part of the ball, they're, they're turning it over and putting it on the ground and, or well, this is only Rodgers second interception, but they're, they're giving it back way too much um, compared to what we're used to seeing. Yeah. And I mean, you, you know, you clearly saw what Jones was, was trying to do and you, you do understand the idea of it, obviously. Um, but it, it made for such an easy fumble, you know, to stick his and reach his arm out like that. Um, trying to get it over the end zone, which I can appreciate to an extent. Um, it, you know, that if I'm being honest, that fumble was the point in which I thought the game was over for the Packers. And I know that sounds a little premature, but because I know under Matt LaFleur, when we make a big mistake like that, we have a hard time coming back from a, a big mistake. So I thought, and you know, it being Brady, I was like, oh no. I was like, this is where it happens. This is where the game completely turns on its head. It didn't, obviously, you know, the the next, I think within the next like two or three plays, the the Bucks were, you know, fumbled it as well. Our defense forced a fumble, but um it was you know, never ideal. Uh, inter Rogers threw that interception. Like you said, he very rarely does that. 
Um, and it was a really short, quick pass too. It was, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, they, they definitely have things to work on. Um, obviously doesn't take away from, uh, Jones or Rogers, you know, talent. They're, they're both very good, but they, uh, they definitely need to clean those, those things up. Yeah. And, you know, you, you brought up a good point there too. You know, it seems like as soon as there's some adversity on offense, you know, week one, it was Christian Watson's drop very early in the game this week, even though it was a win, you know, there was that fumble. And it seems like as soon as this defense gets, I, I said, I put it on notes, punched in the mouth. I'm not sure that's the right term, but as, as soon as there's some adversity, the offense folds over and it turns into a, what I call a toddler in a toy store when they don't get the toy they want, you know, they just, they just shut down. Um, you know, and they, it just, it makes no sense. You know, it's been a trend under the floor for the last going on four years now, but the moment the offense has some adversity, they can't seem to really overcome it too much. Um, and that's a trend that's really got to stop. And that's the one area I've got of concern is, you know, the moment something like that happens, you know, the defense, you know, the offense, or I'm sorry, the offense just, you know, they kind of go into protective mode. You know, you gotta, you gotta stay on the gas. You know, Matt LaFleur said on audio that first year, all gas, no bleeping break you know they got to they got to keep that mentality keep the pedal to the metal you know sometimes stuff's going to happen uh but you know that's that's the one area of concern you know the offense especially in terms of play calling and scheme going forward um that i've you know that i wish somebody on the beat would flat out ask the floor i'm sure the answer wouldn't be pretty um but you know i wish somebody you know like hey you know going out for years this has been a trend what's the deal i would love to hear what lafleur's thinking is on that because you know, that's, that's the one area on offense that I think is a real opportunity um, under, under him. For growth. Absolutely. And, and it is all mental. It is very much mental roadblocks that occur and you can be, you know, you can be a phenomenal play. You can be a great phenomenal team. These things are going to happen no matter who you are or what team you play for. You have to be able to put it in the past, after it happens, the moment after it happens, you've got to be able to just move on and, and continue playing the game. There is something about, for instance, you know, this is an example that I will always kind of go back to in terms of just contrast between coaches and, and, you know, phases of the Packers when Rogers um, uh, got hurt during the bears game, you know, what was it? 2015? Was it 2015? Uh, it was 20, 2013. 2013. I remember, I remember cause I, the only reason I remember that I was living in Minnesota and my coworkers berated me, um, oh. <laughs> which was incredible for foreshadowing to the Anthony Barr bullshit that happened four years later. But, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. And so, I mean, they were down in astronomical amount and I am blanking on the, uh, the score. It was 27 to three or something like that, or even the, the bears were even higher. I'm can't believe I'm blanking on the score right now, but, um, I digress. The score was, I mean, we were losing and we were losing bad. Rogers came back in from the injury uh, to the game, fourth quarter, we came back to win it, win the game. That is something that I don't see happening in the LaFleur era. 
we have, we make a, a big mistake, but really in, in the, the general, you know, terms of it, it's, it's a simple mistake and they crumble. They don't know how to move on. It's like, it's, it's this mental, their mental toughness isn't the same as it used to be. And I'm not saying that on an individual basis, but as a team. And I think, I truly believe that has something to do with LaFleur. And I don't, I don't know why. And I, I don't even know if he is, you know, ever going to admit that, but it's a trend that, uh, that we need to put a stop to because it's what has hurt our chances at a Super Bowl year in and year out under LaFleur. And we can't, we've got to get past it. We've got to figure out a way to get that mental toughness back as a team. You know, I got to say the episodes we've done, you calling the Green Bay Packers offense with a four-time MVP not being mentally tough enough is a scorcher. Um, and that's not derogatory, by the way. That, that's going to be the harshest thing you've ever said. But that is actually, you know, as actually it's a very fair criticism. Yeah. Um, you know, the moment, you know, you get punched in the mouth, you know, I, I think of that clip from that South Park episode where Cartman starts talking to Kyle. You know, it's just you and me. Come on. Come on. You know, he starts bullying him and all Kyle does is a little slap on Cartman's face. Like, it's just a, it's not even a slap. Like, it's just a small tap on the cheek. And he starts screaming for his mommy. You know, maybe that's kind of where we are here. Um, it, maybe not that exaggerated. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a concern <laughs> that they start. Oh, God, the comment section is going to be on fire if anybody hears this. But, uh <laughs> You know, it, it's, I think it's a legitimate criticism, right? I mean, it, you know, the Packers, as soon as they get some adversity on offense, they fold up. And I don't know if it's a rhythm thing with LaFleur as a play caller or if Rodgers goes into a shell because all of a sudden you start seeing they're converting to some of the McCarthy type stuff they still have in the playbook. You know, a lot out of gun, you know, not as much motion, misdirection, play action, whatever. Um, you know, I, I just, the stuff that I just wish they would just drop. LaFleur is a sound offensive mind. You know, don't don't buy into the national media BS that Rodgers has lifted up Lafleur. Lafleur knows what he's doing, uh, but I just I just I can't figure out what the reason is here. And I, you know, you you just got to stay in the rhythm. You know, sometimes it's the NFL. Shit happens. You know, you got to just move on. Um, but anyway, now that now that we've gotten now that we've gotten our takes out of the way, um, we're gonna speaking of Aaron Rodgers. You know, still not looking downfield that much. You know, he's checking down quite a bit. You know, they call Tom Brady sometimes captain check down. Uh, you know, is a playful jab. You know, he's still a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, Rodgers is probably, you know, at the rate this is going this year, is he commander check down, lieutenant check down? I'm not sure. But, you know, he's going to be discount double check down. Oh, I'm good. Oh, man, I'm ashamed I didn't think of that, but that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> This kind of double check down. Oh my God. I'm going to have to put that in our Slack chat when this is done. But you know what? It's not, you know, I, they got to start stretching the field more. And maybe they just missed Watson at this point, you know. But dude, stop worrying about the chemistry and the trust with your wide receivers. Give them a chance to make a play. And the moment you see them make a play, that trust will be there like that. Um, and I really think that's, that's kind of what they need to do is, you know, I don't want to see them, you know, huck it and chuck it type. You know, but an occasional deep shot's fine. You know, it was a it's a tough secondary in Tampa Bay. I get it, but it was also a trend against the Bears and the Vikings. So, 
Uh, kind of a my I, I guess it's not really a minor nitpick, but I something definitely to watch moving forward. I mean, it's we knew that Rodgers was probably gonna, you know, the game was gonna, the routes were gonna be more in, you know, in terms of shorter yardage, but I don't think we were gonna see this few deep shots three games into the year. Yeah, I mean, he um, he made a a good uh, throw to Lazard at the three and a half minute mark of the fourth quarter, which, you know, of course, didn't um, result in in any scoring for us. But, it, you know, he floated it up and over the defender perfectly. It was classic Aaron Rodgers. It was a beautiful toss. It was really the only I think it may have been the longest throw of the game it it wasn't his um his textbook kind of distance I you know I do think he is starting to trust uh Dobbs a bit more as evident you know by uh by Romeo's numbers but again those were at short short distances uh short quick tosses that is something I noticed yesterday was just this the speed at which they moved on offense seemed problematic in the second half I felt like they just needed to slow down and take a beat um but they didn't they just it was just all quick you know get it out as soon as possible which I do understand to an extent but considering you have Bakhtiari and Jenkins uh, back, it's just, it's a little, it's a little curious at how quick he felt like he had to move all of the second half. It was just, I didn't quite understand that. Yeah, it, um, you know, it's, I just, sometimes I, I feel like, you know, you know, in terms of slowing things down, sometimes part of that is your overthinking a little bit you know sometimes like Aaron dude stop trying to be the smartest guy in the room just do it just go with the flow um you know there's there's no need to you know try to outsmart a I'm trying to think what I'm trying to think of the right words there's you can't you you don't want to out you don't need to outsmart somebody that's already dumber than you you've already outsmarted them and that's not a necessarily a slam on the tap of defense because Todd Bowles is a hell of a coach um and Roger said as much but uh you know, you just don't, don't overthink it, you know, stop trying to be cute, just run the offense. You know, this is the, I'll go back to what we said before, just run the Lafleur stuff, just run the Shanahan stuff, burn the McCarthy stuff. I mean, I get it. It's stuff Rogers did forever, but you know, let the pass go, you know, kill it. If you have to, it's time, it's time to kill that part of the offense. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they're going to find something on that. And I, I don't want to take anything away from Tampa Bay either, but um, yeah, definitely some, strategic um adjustments definitely need to be made definitely need to be made um finally finally the last part in our worst column the last piece of bratwurst to hand out to is um you know what i'm just gonna call it i'm just gonna call it as i see it why is amari rogers still on this team you know i he i get it he's the returner but you know i'm pulling up our snap counts right now and he was not targeted um, I think once, uh, I think he only saw three snaps on offense and I don't think Rogers was targeted, um, once, you know, and I, it, at this point, it's like, you know, if you can't, you know, when you're down Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson, if you're a th- third round pick from 2021 
and you're not getting a snap, you know, you're not, you're seeing that few snaps and you're not even being targeted. I, I feel like you're starting to waste a roster spot. And this is, you know, and I, I hate, I hate being critical of players. I really do. Um, you know, not, not to be a homer or anything, but you got it sometime, you know, like why, you know, if you're not a good fit for the team, you know, you don't need to be there. He could be good for somebody else. He very well could be where his skill set could be used somewhere else. But right now I just, I just don't see it. And, you know, in terms of the special teams contributions, there's other people on the team that could do that. Samori Toure, for example, could be brought up off the practice squad. I just, I, I would not be surprised hot. Then maybe this is a lukewarm ish hot take. I wouldn't be surprised if Amari Rogers isn't on this team at the end of the year, you know, barring especially if some kind of God forbid a mishap occurs either on offense or special teams. Yeah. I think um, we talk about him every week in the, <laughs> the worst section of the show. Um, I think that he is essentially the Achilles heel of the special teams. Uh, I think that now that we are seeing that improvement that we've so desperately wanted and needed for the special teams, I, I do still think Amari is, is a weakness. And I mean, I don't... I don't have really an opinion on, on if he's going to be, you know, be a Packer um, by, by the end of the year. But uh, I, I definitely do think that, uh, that he is our, our Achilles heel and it's worrisome. Yeah. And just so I, I did confirm it. So with three, three offensive snaps for Rogers and zero targets um, and even the breakdown. So wide receiver routes run yesterday. Uh, with Stemi Watkins. So this, these are by wide receivers only. So wide receiver routes run yesterday without Watkins or Watson. Dobbs had 34, Lazard had 32, Cobb had 18, Jawan Winfrey had seven, Amari, Jawan Winfrey, by the way, who was just brought off off the practice squad, um, who has definitely earned much more of a warm endorsement from Aaron Rodgers than Amari has. And Amari Rodgers only ran one. Um, I just, I, I, the bottom half of this roster, I think needs to be turned over the wide receiver room. Anyway, I think definitely needs to be changed. And I would definitely put Amari in there. Maybe, maybe we'll be wrong. Maybe, you know, if, if he, I, he seems to be one of those players that if he has one good game, he'll be off and running, but I just, if they're not going to give him the chance, he can't have that good game. And I think that's all the indictment more than an indictment of what the Packers think of him um, right now. So that sums up the bad from the we game against the Buccaneers. See. Yeah. Yeah. We, we shall see vibes on Amari Rogers are at a zero, maybe overdrawn. Um, <laughs> but I just, you know, it's the NFL. You never know. Um, so let's look ahead, you know, going ahead to this Sunday's opponent against new England, uh, big news out of there today, Mac Jones, yeah. high ankle sprain, probably sounds like he's going to need surgery. Even if he didn't, he was still going to probably be out. Uh, which means they will see Green Bay is more than likely 99.999% to see Brian Hoyer. You know, you got New England who, I mean, you still have Bill Belichick, but you've got them going in with a backup quarterback and they are nowhere near um, the monster they were and they're going into Lambeau Field. So I think this is definitely, looks to me like this could be another, uh, this, this should be a game the Packers should be easily favored to win. I think the line's Oh, Justice just shared it. Nine and um, a half favorites. Is it nine and a half? Did the line show? I thought it was over now. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
you don't see that too often in the NFL. And, you know, the only concern I've got with this, you know, and I'm kind of going through all three of our points here. Um, you know, I don't, they've got the giants in London after this game. I, you know, I don't want them to look past that, you know, the Packers under multiple head coaches have had a habit of looking ahead to the next opponent. You know, if they face a, you know, a weaker opponent or, you know, like the giants aren't exactly strong, but you know, they got that trip to London that could that, could that be a distraction? Um, so, I mean, you're facing a backup quarterback, you've got that distraction option or distraction possibility, anything to be concerned about there, Lindsay, do you think? I think as long as, like you said, as long as they don't um, move <laughs> move ahead to uh, to London, I'm I'm really excited about that game. I wish more than anything I uh, I was going to be there. By the way, but um, I do think that we have a solid chance at beating the Patriots for all the reasons you said, uh, they are, you know, they are vulnerable and, and in a, uh, a weaker spot with, with Mac Jones injuries. So if we go into it thinking that we are going to, um, that it's going to be easy, that it's going to be a cakewalk, we'll lose or we will come close to losing like we did. Um, you know, it will be a close one. Like it was, yesterday I think we need to just uh treat it like any other game and take it as seriously as any other game and if we do that we will win if we don't we may be in trouble yeah you know and I you still have to give respect to Bill Belichick who's still you know he's won six Super Bowls you know I mean it's like you can't just dismiss that you know despite being on some hard times you still gotta you definitely gotta give him respect although the Matt Patricia, the former Lions coach, who was previously the Patriots defensive coordinator, is now one of the offensive coaches for the Patriots. Uh, New England was getting raked over the coals for that consistently going into the year. It has not really panned out uh, the way they want. But, yeah, Matty Patty going to be calling plays for the Patriots. In the, uh, words, of, in the words of Pat McAfee, what? Yeah, What? 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 <laughs> what? Yeah, you know, now I'll even call you know, I'd say the stock is down on down on them. <laughs> He's not gonna listen to this podcast, but you know, I gotta I do I you know what I gotta say, I do enjoy I do enjoy that show, especially AJ Hawk shenanigans, although I love AJ Hawk. He makes that show. I love <laughs> Pat McAfee too. He's I, uh, he's hilarious. I mean, I just feel like that would be, you know, like if the entire APC staff did a show, just, you know, I, I, we're smarter. I mean, we're smart. I don't want to call us a bunch of idiots, but just a bunch of people talking ball. You know, I just think that would be, I just think that I, I love the vibe on that show, but AJ Hawk, dude, turn off the car before you put gas in it. Uh, you are, a, you are also a stop falling to asleep with the wheel. <laughs> yeah, that's. There's a mashup of that on YouTube. Stop I watched driving I, when the sun starts to set. <laughs> there's if anybody uh, we're, we're getting off track here, but I mean, there's a video on YouTube from the Pat McAfee shows channel called AJ Hawk is a danger and menace to society. If you're a Packer fan, watch that. You will oh, die laughing. So just because yeah. the, the, the stuff about AJ Hawk's helmet coming off and you know, where he flips the bird comes out. It's just, it's, it's, it's a great video. It's um, so sh- shout out to shout out to the Pat McAfee show. Um, like 34 minutes of pure laughs. Yes. So go yeah. enjoy. I mean, I've got my concerns about how, you know, with some of the stuff they didn't press Rogers on last year, but I digress. We're that's that's 
I, I really don't feel like lighting the comment section on fire for this podcast. Um, so we'll, we'll talk to everybody next week. Um, obviously big win over the Buccaneers. You know, I, I still feel like stock is pointing up on this team. I can't, uh, you know, the offense is, um, <laughs> the offense is still a work in progress. I still have concerns that Aaron Rodgers is being dumb in a way. I think that might be a bit of a scorching take, you know, with just in terms of like, dude, just let it go. You don't have Devonte, but Matt LaFleur is there to help you just play ball. Just pretend you still have Adams that 87 pretend it's Jordy. Just play ball. Um, that's the, that's yeah. the only big wish, wish list I've got this week. Uh, Lindsay, anything you want to add? Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with you there. I, I do think that, I mean, he's, you know, he may not be throwing Hail Marys or, you know, 55 yard plus, uh, you know, throws, but he's still using some of the options that we have, some of the new options, especially, um, uh, you know, especially Dobbs last game, but I think we're going to be okay. I mean, it's, you got to always remember that it's also Rogers, right? So um, when he's at the helm, we're, we're in pretty good shape typically for the most part. So, yeah, I know. I know. I, I, you know, I, I've become, I've, you know, the last couple of years as I've dug into some of the advanced stats, I've kind of become a numbers nerd, you know, like some of the stuff with Rogers, like he's not seeing people and, in that, but I mean, I, you're, you're right. They, you know, he, he's still a very gifted passer. He has by no means lost any of quote unquote it, you know, yeah. as he approaches age 39 in December, but um, we knew this was going to be a progress, you know, and Matt LaFleur said it best. We are not going to apologize for winning and nor should they. So um, I will take my petty grievances and shut the hell up. <laughs> um, hopefully we will be talking to you. We will be talking to everybody next week uh, after With another, another win. win. Uh, yep. Um, definitely feeling, feeling some vibes there. Um, and then we'll preview the big matchup in London, but, um, other than that, uh, well, keep it on. I, I tweeted it, um, before, you know, before the game as well, but I, I truly, and I still believe it. I said the, the Packers will win on Sunday and it will, um, it will change the, you know, it will set the tone for the rest of the season. And I, I really do believe that. It has been such a long time since Rogers and the Packers have been able to make a dent or, um, you know, beat uh, Brady and his team, whatever team, you know, it was that he was on, uh, whether it's it was the Patriots or the Bucks. So uh, for him to get that win over over Brady and for the Packers, uh, you know, to to get that win over the Bucks, I do think that it set us up just mentally the like in a in a I think we're in a good spot now yeah and I think you know as far as a shot in the arm you know I think this definitely did more for the defense but uh you know the Green Bay's you know this this was the hardest I think the toughest defense they may face all year um no disrespect to anybody coming up on the schedule especially Buffalo but uh I think you know that's um this 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 was the game that I had circled was like Hoy, I, you know, I think I immediately penciled that in as a loss when the schedule first came out. Glad to be wrong. You know, when I picked yeah. against the Packers, I actually picked the Packers on tally site this week, but uh, that, that for that game, just against my better judgment, glad my 
uh, worst judgment was correct. You know, maybe that's trying to tell me something, but, <laughs> um, but other than that, we will talk to you guys next week. Uh, thank you all for listening. Keep it on Acme Packing Company for all your Packers news and podcasts and uh, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Thanks guys. See you next week.